We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, everybody? Matt's already dancing. Woo! Welcome back for another episode. Is that the Ashton of... Doolin dance? Eric's yeah. back. Oh, hey, I'm, come on, man. Why are you going to do that? I'm going to do it to Ashton Doolin, bringing him up. Devastating. Gotta, devastating we... to see these, these, these Alec Pierce touchdowns. Those, <laughs> those, are, those, those were Doolins. 60 passing uh, attempts for the Colts and uh, no no Ashton Doolin. But we, we want to start off on, on the right note. I'm excited to be back. My week last week wasn't wasn't totally fulfilled, not being able to talk to you guys. Of course, I am your typical host, Eric Beimfor, joined by Dario Ofstein and Matt Kelly on the Underworld Stackfest, brought to you by P- Player Profiler. I'm excited for this week seven. We talked really quickly before the show, guys, and it feels like, hey, we have one game we definitely really want to highlight, which we will in a little bit, but it the, the game stacking aspect, which if you have not watched the show before, we're not going to go position by position. We're not going to go fully game by game. We've picked out and highlighted five games that we think are the focus of the week in terms of when you're building your tournament game stacks. And so yeah. we're going to walk through. 
exactly the most stackable games for tournament lineups this week. And I feel like those five games that we have this week are kind of the definitely the linchpin of of like this this show subject, right? The game stacks. There's some pretty gross games and there's some plays maybe in some of the gross games. But from a stack perspective, I feel like it's it's fairly locked into uh, the five we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm excited to get into these. It's funny because, I mean, the Christian McCaffrey trade is obviously the the biggest news and shakeup on this. What, slate. what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the Niners Chiefs as as one of those games. But I think. Do you want to start off with the Seahawks and the Chargers game? We got the yep. Seahawks going down to SoFi. Chargers are five-point favorites and a 50-point game total. So lots of stack juice right there off the bat. Anyone stand out to you in that game, Matt? You know, Allen's back, isn't he? Or is he not? He's supposed to be back. I don't think it's, I th- I don't think it's totally confirmed. He is did give totally one confirmed? weird. He's limited. Limited to he practice one... on Thursday. Really weird quote where yeah. he's been he's been back, he's running routes, there's video clips, he looks totally healthy, but he was asked by a reporter if you know you're like kind of willing to play it safe, basically. Like even though you feel good, would you give it one more week? And he basically said, Yes, um, I'm willing to like play it safe. We'll see how it goes, essentially, is what he said. So it still feels like maybe 60 40, yes, 70 30, yes, but um, I think it's not totally locked in. Well, I'll tell you one thing uh, Austin Eckler is the number one running back in fantasy. So that's the yeah. thing that's that's now true. Mm-hmm. Like it Very was casual. for a while, and now it's Eckler. Yeah. Very casual 16 targets <laughs> yes. on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was the move. If you were going to go running back in the first round this summer, it was actually Austin Eckler. That's what it will now. Maybe, maybe McCaffrey. Whoa, whoa. Probably McCaffrey. <laughs> now that he's in the Shanahan offense and it's a team that can actually matriculate the ball down the field. So McCaffrey, Eckler, those seem like the, the, the right moves in seasonal leagues. Uh, so, yeah, Eckler, uh, always a good play, really. I mean, process-wise, it's hard to beat Eckler. Man, I do have a question around the Seahawks Chargers game. A game we'll get to. Um, we've said this about one of the teams before, but I think you said uh, in one of our last shows with the Seahawks that the Seahawks are kind of a just a game we want to target every single week, right? Like, Correct. they're they're competent enough on offense. It's condensed enough, especially now without Rashad Penny. It's three dudes basically on offense, and Geno's good enough. Are you still kind of, with a Horrible, horrible defense. Um, just the best. Just it's the best. We talk it, about this. It, like it, the differential between your offense and your defense is like the the linchpin. You mentioned. I, I love that word. So you keep using it. The you know the linchpin <laughs> of uh, stackableness. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, and yeah, value and all that stuff is nice, but really that's the linchpin. And if they're if you're gonna have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And Kenny Walker, regardless who your quarterback is, and your defense is going to be that bad. There's going to be a nice little differential there, with the, where the offense is consistently outperforming the defense. And uh, I mean, now we also have Justin Herbert on the other side. That's why we lead off with this game. There's always one game that's like the chalk, likely shootout game of the week, and this is it. I mean, this is the the one you don't have to overthink. I mean, where you can play both quarterbacks on both sides of the stack. And 
You can play both running backs and you can play both receivers if Keenan Allen plays or you just play Palmer if, even if Keenan Allen doesn't play. So it's it's just great options, a lot of a lot of different combinations up and down the board. And as it so happens from a value standpoint, Geno Smith is still less expensive than Jared Goff. <laughs> 5.6 K. I mean, he's the same price as what Mariota and Garoppolo and Tannehill. And it's weird, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes. Sign me up. Dario, where would you um, let's talk about the chargers because I do think the Seahawks not, I, I don't want to not talk about the Seahawks, but again, it's, it's three, three guys. And, mm. and you do need a value at quarterback. I think it's a little bit more straightforward on, on their side on the chargers though. Where where do you let, let's assume let, let's do both scenarios Keenan Allen in and Keenan Allen out because I think they're they might be quite a bit different actually um, Keenan mm-hmm. Allen in where do you kind of like to start the Chargers side of this game I think with I mean reg- I, in either scenario I think it's a big week for Mike Williams like I think you play him if Keenan Allen's in that just means Mike Williams will get deeper targets and less attention from the opposing secondary. And if he's not in, then you're looking at just more targets by pure volume. But I think the biggest piece that changes with Keenan Allen's status is like whether you're playing Gerald Everett. Because I think Gerald Everett is an absolute smash of a play if Keenan Allen sits out one more week. Because he you know, gets targeted in that same area of the field. The Chargers are... Sorry, the Seahawks have been just god-awful against tight ends. How the <laughs> Cardinals didn't utilize Zach Ertz more last week was a mystery to me because that should have been like, you know, step one of the game plan is, oh, wait, they don't know how to defend tight ends. But I think that just shows you how poorly designed and like specialized to a certain defense Cliff's Kingsbury's offenses where we mm-hmm. know that he's just going to run the same thing out every week and think that his guys are good enough to win no matter what. The air raid, baby. Air raid. Ask the air raid coaches, what do we do? (laughs) We run mesh, and then if they stop mesh, we're going to run mesh again in a little bit different way, and then we're going to run some more mesh. Air raid just – Cliff is going to air raid, and he doesn't know how to do anything else, and the NFL knows how to stop the really basic college passing offense. Yeah, much to uh, Kyler Murray's chagrin. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Anyway, sorry, not to to interrupt, but Cliff Cliff has – Tilted me off a cliff already this year. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with cliff. Cliff, cliff talk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's let, let let get get back to the Chargers. I like Mike Williams is also. I wanted to to add in projecting for one percent ownership right now. Um, on Grinder. shout out shout out Chris well, Chris Gimino and Gerald Everett is on a on a, another interesting. I will say uh, tight end slate though. Gerald Everett at at three percent, and so I think. Those guys are super fascinating in tournaments. Let's say if you have a Geno stack, you, you stack Geno with one or both of the Seahawks guys. You have these just high upside, totally unowned Chargers players that are that are, are really interesting. Now, what about walk, walk through? That was in Keenan in right now. Keenan out. What does that change? Does that make Eckler a little more attractive? You already kind of talked about Everett uh, and maybe just touch on Eckler in general. Well, hold on. Mike Williams. Yeah. He can't be one percent owned. That's, that can't be. Well, right. We have one percent ownership right okay, now. Okay, well, if that's ha- then oh my god, right? My god, <laughs> five straight games with a hundred air yards, guys. Five, I mean, he had the bare minimum. I mean, seventeen yards. So I think he probably led the league in uh, unrealized air yards last week. 
but he was getting targeted down the field and in the red zone again. So in that period of time, he also had eight red zone targets. So yeah, you're going to want to play him no matter what Keenan Allen, no Keenan Allen. If no Keenan Allen, then his, his, what do you think? I think is it probably 8% would, would be his ownership with no Keenan Allen. Probably. I think they're, everyone's assuming Keenan Allen's going to play and they're looking at last week's 17 yards, 3.7 fantasy points. And that's why, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but process wise, man, I'm chasing this rainbow every week with Mike Williams, whether they play or not, if Keenan Allen does play, I'm still having more Mike Williams than Keenan Allen, even though there is a price disparity between the two. Keenan Allen hasn't played football in a number of weeks. <laughs> that, that I mean, that hamstring, that thing must have got caught in like machinery, like farm machinery. <laughs> <laughs> what about Eckler? Talk about, you know, you mentioned Eckler as the, he's definitely for me, for sure, the the top running back on, on this slate. But we do have... To add a little of little slate context, there's some pretty nice running backs quite a bit cheaper. So I do think now Eckler is not going to be one percent like you know we're projecting for Mike Williams. But you're not gonna you're not gonna get runaway ownership either on on Austin mm-hmm. Eckler with kind of some of the the cheaper guys. What do you what do you think? I, I, all I all I keep thinking as I start to talk through this and ask you guys these questions is just how much of a smash like all the all the Chargers are Eckler, Mike Williams, um, etc. But what where, where would you put Eckler then, kind of in your hierarchy for the Charger side of this game? I think if here's here's where I would maybe use the the Keenan Allen nuances. If Keenan Allen does play, Eckler leapfrogs Everett in my sort of like Chargers exposure rankings and if you have no keenan allen then i would put that mike williams is first and then keenan allen would fall in there somewhere and then eckler and then everett and then with no keenan allen i would flip everett above eckler that's a tongue twister um (laughs) but yeah and i think that you know, just talking about Mike Williams, I'm having flashbacks to two weeks ago when Eric and I did our show without Matt. And all we could talk about was Mike Williams against the Browns. And he had 13 <laughs> targets, 10 receptions, 134 yards, like absolutely crushed in that game. When once again, he was very low owned in these big yeah. tournaments. For Needed a TD and what, you're, yep. he's talking about 30 what points. A- Blown up the slate, yep, with a with the touchdown. What I really liked about that game, I'm glad you brought that one up, Dario, because I thought it was fascinating that without Keenan in that game, they really used Mike Williams kind of as the total focal point of the offense. You'll see that a couple of the types of plays, you know, sometimes will stick out in your head where you'll we'll run play action boot, right? And Herbert will be bootlegging out to his right. And a lot of the times it's a little dump down to the tight end. They'll use the right, the tight end blocks down, pivots out, and he's wide open in the flat. They were designing those plays to get Mike Williams the ball. They were they were throwing him these little boot play action passes. They were throwing him the, you know, uh quick, you know, the the hot read. We're just gonna throw it to you, right? You know, the now route, right? Just get it to Mike Williams. They never he like you say, he used to be the down the field flyer guy. They never used to do that kind of stuff with him, but it felt like a little bit more of a transition to we have to get this guy the football in any way possible, which is like such a huge boost for fantasy because that's what takes it from 
I need the touchdown for this guy to be a, a good play. Of course, I want the touchdown to win tournaments, but you know, he puts up almost 30 points without scoring a touchdown because he's getting the ball in so many different ways. I thought that was really interesting. Yep, definitely. So okay, last week, last week it was Palmer getting 12 targets. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we saw how but, that went for them. Yeah, good Lord. Uh, maybe Josh Palmer. Yeah, maybe Josh Palmer is the focal point of the offense. Josh Palmer couldn't do it in college. As, uh, I, I don't know that we want to design our offense around him. Let's polish up this game though with the Seahawks side. Is there anything in particular that kind of sticks out amongst you know their their big three or or Gino? Do you lean to, towards the the run game with Walker or do you lean more towards um, Lockett and Metcalf? Matt, I'm leaning toward Walker. Like I, I mean, again, certainly your portfolio is going to have Geno stacks. That's a given, right? This game and then the value clearly. But in terms of like what, what I what I think the potential nut stack would be would be something with Herbert and Mike Williams, and then a Walker on the run back where yeah. the Seahawks get up, right? The Seahawks get a, a, a ten plus point lead. It's very much possible. A no Joey Bosa. And their defensive scheme is clearly all about creating this umbrella coverage and just softening up the middle of the defense and daring their opponents to run. This is the perfect scenario for Kenneth Walker to, you know, get four yards blocked and then start creating his own yards, which is what he's great at. So that if he can get a running start, Essentially, imagine him getting a running start at <laughs> defenders. I, you know, he's dangerous enough as it is, but then the way that the Seahawks play defense, it really is teed up perfectly for the way that Kenneth Walker runs. And he was even getting three targets a game early in the season when he was only getting a 20% snap share. So I don't think those three targets from last week are anything close to his ceiling for targets in a given week either. And at 5.8K on DraftKings, when he's in the, you know, he's in that Melvin Gordon salary zone. Just enjoy it while we have it. Anything yeah. else on the Seahawks side, Dario? Yeah, he's, I was just going to say he's one of those chalk plays that I think you can't afford to fade because he's got that big playability. We've seen the long touchdowns. We've seen his just like exceptional ability to bounce it outside and turn, you know, a run that's stuffed up the middle into a 50 yard gain. And like Matt said, I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see a game with three, four, five targets or receptions from him any given week. He's getting the snaps and Geno Smith has thrown him the ball. Like I wouldn't I think that one way to get unique with him and with this game that I wouldn't be totally opposed to is you play Geno with one of Lockett or Metcalf and then throw in Walker. Maybe he throws Walker a touchdown and then bring it back with like Mike Williams or Gerald Everett. And if you just get a game script where the Seahawks go nuclear, like that would be a unique way to attack this game. I think I love you could that. onslaught the game. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You could onslaught the game where you're playing, you know, you could also do Eckler and Mike Williams on the other side in, in particular scenarios. Right. So that, that, I mean, if you play Gino, then, I mean, the, if you're onslaughting, I mean, would you ever consider Walker Eckler in the same game, the same lineup? I think, 
I, Eckler is one of the few guys I'm totally comfortable doing do, doing that because he's a quasi wide receiver, right? I mean, right. sixteen. I know they threw it a lot, but he, he had sixteen. Tar- we're not even going to talk about many wide receivers that have ever gotten sixteen targets in an NFL game. Nonetheless, the 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 running back he still has the touchdown upside, even though you know Josh Kelly. Uh, uh, being out is not like a huge deal, but it does take one of those other guys away at least, right? So maybe Sony's not flashing, which Sony tends to do, not really flash. <laughs> and and you get the, you know, we got almost 70% snaps, I think, from Eckler last week. You know, you never know. It, the game starts shooting out. Those are the Eckler games, right? You get 42-35 or whatever. That's that's Austin Eckler. That's Mike Williams. That is Ken Walker. Wait and a so, second. Wait a second. Eric... Is it possible that this is the first ever RBRB skinny stack when we pivot to our next game and we want exposure yeah. to this game? Dario, this could be, I've never seen it. This could be one of those like white whale scenarios <laughs> where we've never seen the RBRB skinny stack. But if you want to get unique and use Kenneth Walker, where he's the chalk of the chalk, right? If you, whenever you see a guy that's like over 5.5K on DraftKings and he's the clear chalk, that's some pretty strong chalk. Yes. Right? And then and all the fundamentals around this game and his play and everything points to this is not a guy you're going to fade this week. This is not like a, oh, fade the chalk guy. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, at wide receiver, much easier just to auto fade on principle. But you nearly need to, you got to dig into the context of what we're talking about. And a lot of the things that can, you know, uh, kneecap a chalk running back are not in play this week with Walker. I mean, this is a very strong, this is very good chalk. And we know that Pete Carroll's not afraid to keep running the ball if he's losing. (laughs) So I think that is another point in Kenneth Walker's favor. Like if the Seahawks are behind, like Pete Carroll's going to be like, guys, we still got to establish the run over here. Like (laughs) we got to establish this, you know, to Kenneth. First, I, second I can, down, we don't care what the outcome is. Let's do it. Let's go, Pete. The third I'm quarter. Cheering down, for him to do this, please. Third Pete. quarter, down, down twenty. Right, it's thirty to ten in the third quarter, and he, and he goes to the OC and he says, "You know why we're losing, right? You haven't, you know, we Ken haven't Walker gotten to only twenty-eight carries yet in this game. <laughs> exactly. So, um, the perfect lead into this next game, which we're gonna we're gonna well, talk well, about. One we're more probably... question for Dario. Yeah. Yep. Noah Fant, usable? Mm. Yes. I'm leaning yes because. You know, it, it's funny. Last week I talked about the over prop for Will Disley's receiving yards being a good bet against the Cardinals. And it it had seemed like it was a pretty even 50-50 split through most of the season thus far. But now we have a two-week signal of Noah Fant starting to take over that yeah. tight end like position Long for time. them. So time. I think that he's getting the usage relative to Disley where you can sort of comfortably see him as the starter now and he's still very cheap in dfs for you know fairly obvious reasons like he hasn't done anything yet and he has been splitting this tight end role but i think there's starting to be some signal in that he's taking over and obviously we know he's more athletic than disley and colby parkinson who i refuse to believe is a real person (laughs) and so i think that you very much can play Noah Fant against the chargers however i mean oh the last five years i just want to lay out the stats last five weeks snap share 53 54 59 62 63 
70, did Pete, 70 did Pete plan that? It perfectly moves up just a little bit every week. It's like it was perfectly planned out. Yeah, and I can do that thing with my tongue. Exactly. He set you up. <laughs> he set you up for that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's. The, uh, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me in this one is obviously, like uh, Matt, you hit on. In your portfolio, I want to have stacks of this game. It has one of the one of the two super shootout, one of the maybe the two, which we'll get into the second game, two or three games with like truly like monster shootout potential, in in my opinion. I do think some of the secondary pairing skinny stacks, as Matt, as Matt said, are maybe a smidge more appealing in this game. Eckler, Lockett, Eckler, Ken Walker, so Noah many. Fant. There's so, so many. many. Mike Williams, my, I think Mike Williams and Walker is probably my total favorite one. Yeah. Um, but that, that but you, you know, do that, that, Mike Williams and fan. Yeah, th- there's just a lot of those. And then this next game, which we're going to talk about, I think, um, with a with kind of some some pricing things, the the you know condensed targets, the game environment here, and the welcoming back of Dak Prescott into our lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Cowboys or Lions at. The Cowboys, the Lions, I mentioned the Seahawks being the, uh, uh, you know, uh, like Matt defined, the defense is so much worse than than the offense being great for the, the Lions founded that principle for us. The Lions, the Lions created that whole that whole situation. And now we get this perfect storm of Cowboys kind of all coming together now. Right. They've been treading water with Cooper Rush. And now CeeDee Lamb is still the target dominator at a, a way too cheap of a price with Dak coming back. Michael Gallup is back and healthy and drawing some targets and provides upside at a, at a cheap price. On the Lions side, Amon Ross St. Brown is, is back, right? DeAndre Swift looks like he's going to be back. It, you know, I don't, our boy Josh Reynolds, I don't know about our boy Josh Reynolds, mm. which is uh, unfortunate, unfortunate. But everybody's kind of getting healthy in a dome. Right. It just screams shootout with that with that Lions defense. So, Dario, where where do you kind of start with this one? This one is a is a is a doozy of a game. Right. I think, you know, once again, we're talking about chalk that you should eat and we'll go. As we, this is the game that we want to highlight the optimizer for. So we can just go right through it with the, you know, get get, get it started here with a Dak stack. And I yeah, think please that- put put Dak in here, please. Cowboys, let's go. Let's get in there. Get him in there. I think you. I mean, I think you just have to eat the CD Lamb chalk too. Like he's mm-hmm. he's been having like thirty plus percent target share this season, and he's been like truly showing that target earning ceiling that people have been kind of you know questioning whether or not he had, and we were all like, like curious to see how that would look with Amari Cooper out of the picture. And he's very much like shown that he can be that alpha receiver. And I think that, you know, that's, that's where you like, this is where you have to start. You say, okay, Dak Prescott, CD lamb. What am I going to do with the rest of this now? But I think that's where, that's where you start with this game. Put it, put an Eckler, put in a stack with Eckler. Like it. I like it. Yeah. See what happens. Um, Yeah. I would like to force it. Yeah. Force it. Force at least run run back. back. Why not two? Yep. Uh, totally fine. Allow I tight also, end stack. Yep. Allow running back stack is fine. Yep. Oh, I messed something up. Um. Oh, what the hell? I think that. Um. T- 
Tony Pollard is in a spot that I really like here because we Thank know you. that he's Thank you. He's the big play breaker between their two running backs. And again, the Lions defense, I just think that Tony, Tony Pollard, I like him a lot more than Zeke in this particular matchup given his price. And I think that he's going to be a, someone that I'm actively looking to play this week in DFS. Oh, Duke is Gerald Everett sneaking in there. Yeah, I was just going to say this As is he super should. interesting. Yep. Everett Everett sneaks in there. Josh Jacobs, unsurprisingly, is uh, is in there. Another one of the uh, – we won't touch on that game because it's a little – The optimizer knows that uh, Elijah Moore is not playing. Yes. It does. Uh, the, d- d- uh, does the optimizer, Dario, though, know that uh, the Panthers are, are, are quiet quitting on uh, on the season here with, uh, with, with DJ Moore? Yeah, no, I, I think the optimizer <laughs> likes his target share because Christian McCaffrey and his 25% yeah. target share are out of the picture. So he's interesting. I, yeah, you, I think you play a little bit of him this week just because. He's interesting. If they're going to move the ball, I mean, good Lord, who who the heck else is going to be? Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. The, the, the question is, do they <laughs> even want to try moving the ball? Yeah, it seems right. like they don't. Here yeah, we go. We got look, at this, look at this. Look at this. Look at the That's beautiful. Amon Ross St. Brown, beautiful. Holy sh! <laughs> look at that. Oh yeah, yeah. So can what, you scroll I down? Look at this, Garrett Wilson. I, I'm starting to think that Garrett Wilson might be chalky this week. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, yeah, we got Marvin Jones, up. Everett in there again. Love that. Yeah, he's top ten in uh, projected ownership on DraftKings, top fifteen on FanDuel per Chris Gimino. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah, and we have the toggle switch. We can go back to the settings, Dario, and you can turn the chalk down. Mm-hmm. If we're going to chalk this week, you can turn the chalk down. I do think that's a good idea, actually, maybe to run that and see some of the difference between the teams because, like you said, if we're playing Ken Walker, you know, the first team had Josh Jacobs, we're playing CD Lamb, we're playing, you know, um, seeing what maybe a, a little bit more kind of low-owned version of this, this run um, is interesting. Yeah. See, look. So you just yeah, pivot so, to Damian Pierce and uh, uh, what's in the flex? Oh, I a little like tight that. end flex with Hawkinson on the bring back. Look at that pivot. Look at that pivot of uh, Jacobs to Pierce. See? Look at that. Look at that. That's yeah. Smart. I think that's another spot where so savvy. you can play both those running backs. I mean, I know it's not one oh, of the yeah. games we're highlighting, yep. but Damian Pierce has also been like a sneaky bell cow with the at least in terms of the receiving volume we've known that he's taken over the rushing volume lately but he's gotten i think five or six targets in each of the last two games he's running a lot more routes so in a game where the dude, Texans are gonna dude be oh, alert alert sorry to interrupt dario double hyphen we got a we got a hyphen stack this is the stack fest we got dpj and mvs mvs i know that's eric's guy my guy's dpj Every week with DPJ, keep going back. We don't even have Watson yet, so I can't wait. DPJ is going to win someone a million dollars this year. This is a really fun team, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Building in I, – I love seeing this one. Building in some of the – DPJ and MVS are, are kind of like the same person, not just because their names are hyphenated, right? But <laughs> totally. the, type of, the, ty- the type of way they win you a tournament, and so they're, they're literally always low-owned. And so they fit perfectly into – the you know you're playing a little bit right you're playing ken walker you're playing cd uh you know you're playing Brees, who projects for some ownership right you're you're playing some guys who are certainly not getting you off the beaten path and but you're getting all the games we want we just talked about eckler and ken walker we're getting our eckler ken walker 
uh, RB, RB, skinny stack. You're getting the Dak to CD, and you're getting a bring back in TJ Hawkinson. But all you're doing is getting if if DPJ and MVS both caught long touchdowns, like you oh, win sick. with this. You know, oh, you just so win sick. with this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, baby, it's on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the the optimizer is not optimizing on uh, medium projections. It's optimizing on our 85th percentile upside projections. That's why, because the DPJs and the MVSs, they perform better in our upside rating. So on our DFS Dominator tool, we have the upside finder, and it does rank these players by their upside ratings. And then that you're going to see more of these Campbells and MVSs and DPJs filter in there. And the Dorches, you know, don't 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 score as well in that particular metric. Exactly, because they're. You know, they're getting just enough targets that the 85th percentile outcome for a player like that is is always going to have some some games where guys just get two touchdowns out of nowhere. Yeah. And then the Brees Hall incremental salary increase is just too slow. Yes. yes it's it just is. too slow. It's like her, it's like I keep looking at my watch going anytime, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> But yeah, Pollard too, man. Pollard at 5.7K. You love that. Um, and then again, there, there are scenarios where guys where where running backs can get in there because there's an injury in the first half and they get to be they get the bell cow touches in the second half. You know, in in it, you always want to sprinkle those those scenarios in if possible. Yeah. Um, Kate Otten, I'm surprised his ownership's not coming in higher because he's the punt tight end play yes. of the week. In my opinion, I don't know, man. I mean, on DraftKings, at least, I mean, fans down to 3.1K. And he has a hell of a lot more sort of. I've seen him take a screen, pl- a screen pass, break a tackle, and go for a 45 yard touchdown. Yeah. K. Dotton's not doing that. He can't do can, that, can, man. <laughs> he can't do that. That's absolutely something that Fant can do. And that's, see, that's the thing. When you stack and you focus on these games, you end up. You naturally, by process, you end up with a little more Fant than you do Otten. And it all kind of makes sense because why in the first place was that game projected to shoot out where the game with the Buccaneers, not so much? Well, the upside of all the players is higher when they're two fast-paced teams. So you look at the pace of play, even the Seahawks, which have been a slow-paced team, you know, historically, they're top 20. And we know the Lions, one of the reasons why we love the Lions, the Cowboys, the Chargers, these four teams and these these two premium games, all fast-paced teams. And that helps to drive the upside of everybody. It's a fair mm-hmm. point here as well. There there are a kind of a plethora of of you know punt tight ends, which to Matt's point, I love the fan thing um because those are the easiest little pivots, right? Including that guy in your stack or correlating that guy overplaying the Kate Otten, you know, Kate Otten, I understand why he projects the way, the way that he does. I I get it right. I get Dolchich too. I get all of that. But when you're in these boring games, (laughs) right, you, you need just like the volume from whatever, you know, Kate Otten is getting his six targets and like, okay, please God, get me 10 points. Fant can be in the explosive game that he, he, he has a hundred yards and two touchdowns in his range of That's outcomes. That's the thing, how, dude. How likely? Not likely, obviously, but it's in that range. K. Dotton does not have that. So I would rather take my shots that I found the explosive game as opposed to just the get me by at tight end. All right. right. And I mean, like, you know, you, it's also 
not quite the same, but Foster Moreau, there's another guy. Foster Moreau has 90th percentile athleticism. He's practicing, and Waller is not, unless Waller practiced today. They said they're hoping Waller plays. <laughs> so it doesn't sound yeah, I don't think Waller's playing. So Foster Moreau is is another. Yeah, so Dario, right, right again. This is the this is the week of the punt play tight end, especially when we don't love the matchups for Kelsey and Andrews this week. If Andrews questionable, right. and then they have Cleveland, and you have Kelsey, these are both matchups. San Francisco, Cleveland, they're bottom ten in fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. So this would be the week where you sort of start with Hawkinson and you just kind of work your way down your your options. Can yeah. we Dario? Can we build? Um, Maybe some DAC double stacks to with yeah. a with a with a bring back to kind of see what that looks like here because we haven't touched on we I like the Pollard call I do think Zeke is playable also in your in your tournament portfolio um, I kind of want to see what you know a, a DAC CD Gallup team looks like because I think it's kind of sneakily it's a really condensed target tree in in Dallas and you're getting like mm-hmm. really good prices on you know whatever sixty percent of the Cowboys targets in a Dak double stack and i think that's that's pretty appealing and i don't think gallup is going to get a lot of love in tournaments either yeah i just want to point out i don't know if you guys were watching but there's a sneaky mm. little 2v2 i pulled off where we got bateman a little bit cheaper than robert woods was and that got us also up to noah fan out of kate Otten. so there's a oh, little that's nice i, I always that's so that exists that's so easy to do too um but yeah let's I, while you're running that, Dario, fundamentally, Eric, ter- just in terms of overarching game theory, who are you more likely to go under on ownership just in terms of portfolio percentage on a lamb, the super chalk wide receiver versus Walker, the super chalk running back? Definitely lamb. Um, yep. Don't yep. have a single negative thing to say about about CD, but nope. just kind of by principle, it is uh, there's so many. It, it, the other thing is kind of opportunity cost isn't the right right word, but, but, but right. We talked about Mike Williams. So Mike Williams is essentially the same price as essentially the same play to me as, C, mm-hmm. as, as CD Lamb, give or take, you know, a few baked in targets. But like two extra three yard targets is really irrelevant. It looks better in the projection, which turns the ownership up. But it, it really doesn't matter. And so you get Mike Williams. You get Amon Ra on the other side of this game. You get uh, – I'm trying to think of, of – yeah, you get Gallup on the same team. Gallup is going to get a couple less targets and is in the exact same matchup as, as CD yeah. Lamb is. And he's 1,500 cheaper and no one's going to play him. So there's just so many more options to get away from CD. Whereas, like, dude, if you don't play Ken Walker, like, I like Brees. I like Damian Pierce. I like some of these guys. I like Pollard. I like Zeke. But, like – Mm. You, you're just you, you, mm. there's not as much leverage to be gained basically by, no. by pivoting off of someone like Walker that, that yeah just on principle also that the wide receiver projections are more fragile than running back projections we can start there right because yep. why it's much harder for a wide receiver to produce because there's so many things that have to happen the quarterback has to drop back not get sacked right not have his arm hit has to have an accurate pass and then you have to get separation. Then you have to squeeze the football. Then you have to get yards after the catch. There are so many things need to stack up to make a big play at wide receiver. Where if you're Kenneth Walker, you literally just start running forward. They hand you the ball. They put it in your <laughs> belly. And then the offensive line does all the work at the beginning. Right. And it's just, it's just when you actually 
take a step all the way back and say, what are we talking about here? And then there's all those gimme touchdowns. Do you realize how much harder it is to get a touchdown from the one yard line as a wide receiver? The, the struggle versus a running back running straight forward. So it's just, those are the, that's the mechanics or the underlying principles. Why it, those running back chalk and the running back projections are just, you know, less fragile than the we wide receiver with, projections. We saw it with Ramondre last week. That was, was a good example. chalk, bro. It just was, yep. it just yep. was. But on principle, if CD is going to be 20% owned, I, I, I would say just try to aim to come in at 10 in your portfolio and then it, it, you know, bump whatever Gallup is plus five plus yeah. 10, right? So be overweight on Gallup, underweight on lamb. So you can get the same distribution of wide receivers for the games you want, but you just, you're, you're getting, you're, you're, you're fading without totally fading the wide receiver chalk. There are some weeks I say, especially when that wide receiver is not in one of our signature stack games, goodbye, like put him mm -hmm. in a catapult and, and do not play him. <laughs> right. But th this week with lamb in our, one of these, one of the games we really love. Uh, no, you're not getting off him altogether, but you're going to, you're going to do a little micro fade. And, and then <clears throat> you can be smart, right. It's just being kind of smart about how you, how you play him, right. You playing him with the gallop in these, in these double stacks, playing him in maybe more of the game onslaught type things. Like we mentioned a little bit more with the charger Seahawks, right? Yeah. Be Let's smart just... about when you do play and be smart about it. Yep. And so, um, is there, is there anything we're kind of missing on the Dallas side, Dario? I didn't see any of, you know, the running backs, I don't know if you put the, uh, if you put the double only on CD and Gallup, so I apologize. Um, yeah, no, but is, there, is, is there kind of anything we need to go over here still in this game, though? These are just CD Gallup lineups we're looking okay. at. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson just keep popping up here. I mean, the the well, Denver defense is definitely a little scary, which is why we're not talking about this game and the super low <laughs> game total, but they're just young studs, very cheap in DFS this week, projected for plenty of volume. Which is why the optimizer is going to keep loving and, them and no Elijah Moore. So what are you? You're worried about Corey Davis at that point in terms of yeah. siphoning opportunities. You're you're loving that. No, we need to talk about the scenario where both Reynolds and Chark are out. Okay. Oh yes, yes. We need to talk about the scenario because that's a Khalif Raymond situation. Oh God. Okay, that's a Khalif Raymond situation. He runs a four three. Okay, he has no ownership. I mean, does not know he has top fifty ownership already. 3.7K, that's going to be your signature punt play wide receiver this week. If if the, both those guys are out, he's going to be starting in a smash spot. Just saying. Hey, I God. Don't, don't, don't hate me. Don't hate the messenger. It's just, I'm just delivering the mail. <laughs> Anything to add on Khalif Raymond? I mean, I, 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 I like it. I think salary does get a little tight if you play... Let let's say um we're loading up we're loading up on this game, right? And we're loading up on that that first game. Eckler's pretty expensive. Walker is is cheap, you know, Lockett is cheap, but Metcalf is so so you know expensive. When you start to try to fit all these guys that we talked about, right? We want Eckler, we want CD, we want Dak, we want, you know, you want Amon Ra. It's like you do start to need <laughs> some some salary savings. And Khalif Raymond, if he then also, you know, fits into your game stacks makes a ton of sense and he's uh, you outlined everything as to why he offers big play 
potential against. But you Dallas can also team. just play him as a one-off, you know, mm-hmm. or or in skinny stacks. You can play him all. You could you know, Lamb Raymond skinny stack. I don't, I don't have a problem with that when you're when you're not stacking this game as your primary stack. It, it's it's just th- this team they 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 throw in the ball. The pace of play for the for uh, Jared Goff is number two in the NFL. Right, they are playing fast. All right, so that's it, it, the pass attempts aren't as high as you'd like, like thirty-seven and point uh, two pass attempts per game. But that's because they've already had their bye week, right? So that's the thing. You look at total pass attempts. You're like, why isn't Goff in the top fifteen? Well, th- when you have your bye week this early as a percentage of your total number of of pass attempts, then you're going to get crushed. But he's top ten in deep ball pass attempts, you know, and and. So it's he's also top five in interceptable passes, which is also <laughs> great. Which yeah. is also great. It's we also, call that the James. That's the Jameis. That's the Jameis Winston. We it's call that the Jameis. It's all great. And we're talking about the number two wide receiver with speed. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to go. You know, hijack the show into Khalif Raymond talk, but it's just that's going to be an easy one. That's going to be an easy one where you're even streaming him in some deeper like seasonal leagues where you have bye weeks that I need to go. I need to go pick. I I, I have a, a, a bye week riddled Scott fishbowl team. That's, that's a really good, really good team. And uh, we got bills. We got Eagles. We got uh, Hollywood it's on that team. Terrible I, week. I don't think buys, I have a lot. Yeah. Uh, so it's we're, we're going to be a seasonal league hellscape this week. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, what about the, the, the lions running backs to um, kind of start to, and, and to, Two-parter, Dario. Sorry, Lions running backs. Do we want any of that with this? With Swift, who knows what's going on with with Swift? And can you play Jared Jared Goff as well? Or are you really just locking into Dak? I was about to say. I think that the biggest risk of this game is, you know, we talk about this where one defense is good enough to choke out the other offense, and it just completely slows the game down. I think that the Cowboys front seven is that good? Like there's a chance that Micah Parsons just puts Jared Goff in a blender on Sunday. And we don't see that much production from the Lions' side of these stacks. I think that that's part of why this game is not as obvious of a hit as the Seahawks chargers game. That's the risk, Um, my friend. Thank you for saying it. I didn't have to say it. That's also my fear when it comes to playing particularly Jamal Williams. I think that his upside comes from, you know, good blocking up front, getting, you know, two touchdowns on the ground. Swift can still get you there with, you know, five or six receptions and his ability to make plays with the ball in his hands and making defenders miss. But I still think I'm hesitant on both because Swift, it's the shoulder injury that he's coming back from. And then Williams, it's, I think their front seven is going to be completely outmatched. So I'm not, I think you play a little Williams. I could say, I could see fading Swift altogether and just saying, Hey, show it to me, show it to me, show me a, show me a week. I mean, even with Amon Ra, I'm a little worried too. He has a high ankle sprain. Didn't look right. So if you're just going to dabble on Amon Ra this week, I totally understand. Um, It just makes it tough. If Chark's not playing, Reynolds isn't playing. Love Reynolds. Reynolds not playing hurts my soul. Really does. <laughs> it really, really. I, he's, I mean, the guy. I mean, all this guy does is get there. That's really all he does. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be honest. So it's just, oh god. 
so then now you're getting guys coming off multi-week injuries or high ankle sprains against a, a ferocious front seven. Fundamentally, it's, playing Lions this week is tricky. It's why I like Hawkinson. It's why it's why you know I'm hoping that we can just get Chark off the board, get these guys off the board. We can play some Raymond at value because it's it's just you know I don't love I don't love the scenario from just like what what uh, for what the reasons Dario is uh, is alluding to. Mm-hmm. I'm on Ra's probably good to go. I don't have access to his uh, MRI results. <laughs> that would be a HIPAA violation anyway. Uh, <laughs> but it just, I, I have a rule that I I'd rather wait for these high ankle sprain guys to prove to me that they're back all the way. This was the case with Barkley the year before the knee injury. Mm. You remember that mm-hmm. he was he was playing, but he was putting up 12 fantasy points a game for like a five week period before he really got right in the last three or four weeks. So mm-hmm. I'm worried that that's going to be we're not going to see Amon Ra back to what he was until week 10. That's very possible. I just want to make sure of it just, you know, full disclosure on how these things typically go with the high ankle. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I also like, um, again, not a rule, but as a general principle, right? We have zero kind of qualms about what is going to happen on the Dallas side. Uh, you play everybody. They're all they're going to go score get points. It. Yeah. But go, on the go, Detroit go side, when you do start to have some everybody is getting healthy, which is good for the overall offense, but generally bad because now there's a few more mouths to feed on top of the fact that there's a little everybody's getting healthy except Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark. But you know what I mean? Amon-Ra, Hawkinson, Swift, etc. And the the matchup is not perfect, right? That, like you said, there's reasons that this could go bad for the it's Lions. So, so using it, using my my bringbacks or using my Detroit pieces because we still want access to their part of this game on cheaper options like Khalif Raymond or tight end, where it's like, look, if Hawkinson has if Hawkinson's the guy at tight end, it's like we're fading Cade Otten 
and Greg Dolchich. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're not fading. I'm on. Or, or the optimizer wanted to work in Jamal Williams earlier, and I totally yeah. understand the two touchdown from Jamal Williams is out there too. Like you're not going to not play Jamal Williams, but what Dario is saying is you're not going to go heavy on Jamal Williams or anything like that. Uh, if Swift doesn't play, if Swift is inactive. That's, I think, where where Dario is going to be like, whoa, we, we could be seeing we could be seeing the the ownership really pop on Jamal and just you know temper expectations on that one. Yeah, that yeah. definitely would not be. I think you know he wouldn't get as chalky as he has been in weeks past because there's so much other running back value on this slate. But yeah, definitely wouldn't be too keen on eating that chalk. It's funny. I think that the optimizer if you guys were still looking there for a second i think had the perfect transition to talking about this next game which was mm. t higgins making it into the lineup at get this 0.1 percent ownership <laughs> oh, i was like that's that seems like it has to be a an error right like he came back and had 10 targets last week against the saints and i think that in a matchup like this where they have they're facing the Falcons who have one very good corner in AJ Terrell and their second best corner is on the IR. I think that T Higgins is one of my like best plays in this Falcons Bengals game that I think has a good chance to shoot out. What do you guys think of that? I love this, Matt. Boom. Matt kicking us off with yeah. yeah it, so you're we're we're focusing in on T on T Higgins. My question, I have Nothing negative to say about T. Higgins. Certainly not at zero. I would play T. Higgins one, just one for one in a vacuum. Play T. Higgins over Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. My my big concern with this game, and again, for everybody, we're talking about the Falcons at the Bengals, which is a 47 and a half total. What what do we do with what's going on in uh, in Atlanta? the the the, these second halves of running 98 percent of the the time and throwing 14 passes in a total game can be frustrating right obviously we're hoping that they they get pushed a little bit from from cincinnati here but sometimes they will they'll pull the pete carroll right like we talked about earlier arthur smith will pull the pete carroll how do you handle kind of that which is a little more you know narrative based uh aspect of this game and obviously just a general like run rate pass rate issue i think that this is a game where I'm definitely open to stacking without a run back. Like just if you wanted to go burrow with chase and Higgins and just ignore the Falcons altogether and say, cause say that the Bengals get there and the Falcons are just going to, you know, keep running <laughs> the, the ball hopelessly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, that that's, that's definitely one way that I would look to approach it. Cause it's not like, it's not like they're a run-heavy team like the 49ers who in weeks past we could be like, oh, Jeff Wilson's going to get all these carries. Like They're going to they're gonna be slow and they're going to be run-heavy, but at least we know that one guy is going to get all the work and score the touchdowns. Like Between Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier and Avery Williams and, you know, I don't know if Damian Williams is coming back this week, but I feel like he's, they've been talking about him coming back any week now for the last couple. So I think it's just messy in the backfield they're not throwing the ball much i wouldn't be opposed to just ignoring the falcons side of this game altogether and stack the Bengals. what do you think matt well if you go back to when they played the seahawks you know that would have been the game right the seahawks were up 2017 in the first half they still only threw the ball 20 times (laughs) 
you know, uh, with uh, 24 running back rush attempts and 31 total rush attempts. So Mariota had a few extra dropbacks in there and ran for a total of four yards. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, I don't want to play pits. There's what I love. I'd rather play less expensive players with also explosive athleticism, right? Mm-hmm. In better games. So I don't love that. I mean, London would be the one guy that I would like to play. Uh, so sure. I think you could do stacks with London and stacks without London and call it a day. Yep. Yeah. The Kyle Pitts. Uh, I don't even want, it makes me sad to talk about to talk about uh what he's we're doing gonna to, have to a week out. and it's okay by the way just want to before it even happens eric i just want to tell you it's okay if you don't <laughs> play him and he has a week don't no, feel bad yeah. we've talked advice. about it already it's yeah. gonna happen okay we're talking about it right now we're pre-coping all right <laughs> so we're pre-coping now it's gonna happen and you weren't on him because you were playing hawkinson or you were going all the way down to moreau and 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 fan and and that's the right process get let him have a week pretend he has a high ankle sprain let him have a week to show you he's back and then you can start playing him again it's not a big deal yeah we've lost enough money on kyle pitts already this year i think um <laughs> uh, it, it will definitely be this week now kind of like a uh remember the uh, i just manifested seahawks, it this yeah the seahawks lions where um, I also spent this this particular show and the Sunday show, frankly, talking about how terrible TJ Hawkinson was at uh, at football, and we should play. And we talked. Remember that was the Josh Reynolds day. We talked. We talked about Josh Reynolds. We talked about all these guys. Right. We were very excited I for that. Remember Reynolds getting there. Yes. And then and I made fun of. I was like, just don't play chalk TJ Hawkinson. It's like, don't do that. <laughs> 40, 40 fantasy, 40 fantasy points. So Kyle Pitts will probably do that this week, and I'm okay. I, I'm in a mentally stable place to be able Fine. to accept if if we don't if we don't find the Kyle Pitts. I I really like that T the T Higgins um, call. Yeah, the the only other kind of I guess somewhat interesting piece and was showing up in a few of of the lineups was Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you think about Joe Mixon in this game, Dario? I think that. You know, we went into this season with a notion that Joe Mixon, oh, he's going to get taken off the field on third downs. He's not going to get any targets. He's a a two down back, but he's got like a 14% target share on the season. Like he's very much earning targets in this offense. And I think that the overall volume of this offense is still kind of a bit of a mirage because they played those two overtime games early in the season. So just the, the raw numbers for everyone are a little overblown, but I think that you still have to look at the, the, like simply catching passes for running backs. We know is a cheat code and Joe Mixon has been doing that this year. So I think very much into playing him this week. Yeah. And the the Falcons are, you know, um they're sorry the Bengals are favored by a touchdown so like if anything this is the game where joe mixon gets two touchdowns on the ground and if he's still catching four or five passes every game i think you have to at least have him in your portfolio yeah he's also a really nice really nice price on FanDuel in particular uh like slow 7ks or something or something like that oh, and god yeah because he's gonna have a big yardage game he hasn't had a big yardage game yet and he, Those are he's out been... there, like the games where he had a high yards per carry, he didn't have any attempts. The game <laughs> where he had a lot of attempts, he had two yards a carry. So wh- one of these weeks is going to align. He's going to go for 120 rushing yards. It's going to happen. 
and the touchdowns are going to come. He got one last last week, but he's getting all the work inside the uh, you know inside the money zone, and he just it just hasn't hasn't popped yet a little bit because. Frankly, Joe Mixon is not awesome. We give we give Zeke a lot of crap and stuff, you know, for being not the world's most exciting runner. And Joe Mixon is let's just say Mixon is much closer to Zeke than he is to Ken Walker. Some of the yep. guys that we've At talked about point, so yeah. far. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. 27 years old. Yeah. And These there's a lot of wear. Older. Yeah. There's a lot of wear on those on those legs. But definitely, definitely like Mixon. And like I said, on FanDuel, yeah. I mean, the hundred yard two touchdown game. It's coming, kind of like you said with Kyle Pitts, but it's definitely coming for Joe Joe Mixon as yeah, well. Yeah, we one be on note, that one. I want to add on the Bengals' offense is like I think people were talking about this on Twitter, where like they were becoming way too siloed and predictable. Where if they went under center, they were running. If they were in the shotgun, they were throwing, and that was why Joe Mixon was getting like two yards a carry in the first three games of the season. And in their last game against the Saints. They just went exclusively out of shotgun. They said, we're going to run out of shotgun. We're going to throw out a shotgun. Joe Mixon has his best game in terms of yards per carry. Like, I think that they're figuring something out with that offense and how they're, you know, becoming less predictable. Like Joe Burrow only had two snaps under center. and It was a QB sneak and a kneel down at the end of the game. <laughs> I so I think that that's the, you know, that's the hidden nugget that points me in the direction of playing Joe Mixon this week because I think that they've figured something out and they're going to get more efficient and you know the Falcons defense is still very bereft of talent like they're they've been lucky to win three games sure but I think this is a defense that the Bengals could very easily have their way with and put up 35 points on so a couple things on London on the run back and why you may not play him he's matched up against Chidobe Uze top five corner in our coverage rating metric, which basically looks at the uh, target separation and the pass breakups and the fantasy points allowed per target. So uh, Uzi is, is, is dominant right now. That's why I mean, top five coverage rating. That's plus 35.5. It's incredible. It's right there with the top corners in the league. And he's chalky on both formats, both mm. platforms. He's top five. Like he's right around 15%. So he's not lamb level, but you show the bad matchup, low volume, high ownership. So pivoting to what might be some good and bad matchups, but definitely not not uh, not high ownership and and a game I'm pretty excited about. The new home of Christian McCaffrey, the Chiefs travel to to San Francisco, forty nine total, and this game. Is super fascinating to me because um, setting aside Christian McCaffrey, who they said may or may not even play. If he does, it's probably going to be just, you know, I, I suspect Shanahan's going to be like going to draw, you know, stay up tonight and draw up a couple of fun plays to get CMC the ball because he, he can't help himself and he'll play. But I don't I don't expect he's going to be too much of a factor. But we have two teams who we know are going to score points. Good efficient offenses one is a really high pass rate one is not not so much but we saw last week with the 49ers when they got down to the aforementioned falcons 28 to 14 they they did uh, unleash the passing attack a little bit brandon Ayuk had a big game george kittle finally uh did something for the first time basically all year and in theory the chiefs are going to do the same thing to them right push it the 49ers defense is really banged up and the chiefs should be able to score but we have this thing 
where outside of Travis Kelsey, who's really expensive and doesn't have the world's best matchup, nobody knows who to play on these two teams, right? There's Debo, there's Ayuk, there's Kittle. There used to be Jeff Wilson. Now, I don't know about Jeff Wilson. What? Jeff Wilson? Oh, boy. I okay, mean, if, we'll if talk they, about Jeff if they just sprinkle in McCaffrey as a couple plays, that means it's going to be Jeff Wilson starting. And yep, that's fair. But I mean, then on it's, the not, side, it's not like he's like, it's not unplayable, but yeah, I get why it's just a confusing game. Yeah, and because it's on both sides, right? Then we have Travis Kelsey. I would call it Travis Kelsey and Debo are kind of the guys that people will flock to because they feel more comfortable clicking those buttons. But you have Brandon Ayuk, you have George Kittle, you have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you have Juju, you have Pardman, you have what? You know, there's all these guys, and we know they're going to score points, but we don't know who to play. So, Dario, who do we play? <laughs> who, do we, who do we play? Because I like this game. I really like this game. Sky Moore is coming. Yeah. Maybe not this week, but... Um, but- yeah, I love what we've been seeing from Sky Moore. I think that Juju is definitely a solid play. And like we said, th- this game, I think because the 49ers defense has definitely a well-earned reputation of being a very good defense, but right now they're just so banged up. And the numbers that people look at of, oh, this defense allowing so and so many points and this and that against these positions, like everyone's, you know, p- pretty scared to play the Chiefs offense. But I think that it's like, it's still Mahomes, and he, Mahomes, Mahomes is projected bro. around five percent ownership. Juju's projected, I see six percent on DraftKings, three percent on FanDuel. I think that, like you, I think that if you want to pivot off of Kelsey, you play Juju and MVS, and then I think yeah, like you said, you just mix around between Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk because any of them could have a big game. And I do expect that this will be a game where the Niners are playing from behind. They're going to be more pass heavy. And I think that potentially that is in favor of Christian McCaffrey. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see him catch four or five passes in this one, but I think his snap share is going to be very limited. I wouldn't be looking to play him in DFS this week. No. So, okay, so I think the Mahomes Juju stack with, uh, you know, just you pick your poison on the run back. Some Debo and some Ayuk and some Kittle. I think Kittle's here to stay, by the way. You know he's a top five tight end in fantasy points per game in the last five years. <laughs> like it's like he's like, oh Kittle out of game. Like, this is what he does. I mean, Kittle needs them to be pushed because Kyle will love to keep him in and block, right? He's an awesome blocker, and Kyle can draw plays for Debo and Ayuk and, and soon to be CMC. But when we when you get routes. And you get pass attempts from the 49ers. Kittle's right there. I, I kind of they're gonna be down, man. They're gonna need he him. might be my favorite play in this game, actually. I yeah, think. that's uh, what I'm saying. I'm pretty into Kittle. He's still yeah. such a big like salary relief compared to Kelsey and Andrews. And we know that his one game ceiling is as good, if not better, than yeah. those guys. Yeah, buddy. Like, I he, we've seen Kittle have 200 yards in a game before. Yeah, and buddy. I don't think we've seen that for Kelsey or Andrews. Yeah, this is the this is the opposite of, and this is why it's down our board, right? Similar game total. Why is it down our board vis-a-vis Seahawks Chargers? Well, because there's very actually limited stacks that we like. Yeah. It's like, okay, in real life, Mahomes, Juju, Kittle is a is a fun, great stack to do. After that, it's all a little worse. <laughs> As opposed to 
Seahawks Chargers, which is like we like almost like 20 combinations equally. Yes. That's that's the hard part, but that's what makes this a fun tournament game stack. You can do what I'm going to probably spend the next two days trying to do is figure out ways to kind of stack all three of our uh, those other two favorite games that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. Figure out ways to get whether it's pairings of those games um, with Mahomes, like you said, Mahomes, Juju, Kittle. And then I'm getting my Eckler Walker. I'm getting my Mike Williams. I'm getting my Khalif Raymond and CD and Gout, right? Finding my way through all of those games, still getting essentially stacks of those games, but then landing on this, the best quarterback maybe ever, <laughs> uh, unowned, you right? Still with, stack with Mahomes, guys. That's George still Kittle. a great play. George Kittle, as you said, probably the highest upside tight end in fantasy for five years on a single week in, in any given single week every week and 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 you and you're 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 getting leverage on the field by playing patrick mahomes and george Kittle like that, yeah. that just feels also healthy good. okay yeah in that last at least the last couple of years at least since when jimmy airmailed that screen pass and they cut his <laughs> knees out remember that i mean jimmy evergreen it's jimmy airmails ever that was such a bad because he did the thing where he 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 fell back like this and through <laughs> you know where he there's no one there and in, he can't just plant his feet and throw if it's an easy pass he has to like pirouette and do some falling back random no reason why he has to have the worst possible technique and the easiest throw and then now they're and they're carting off kittle five seconds later um which is jimmy like that's why he lost his job mm -hmm. so anyway he hasn't been healthy really until the last couple of weeks. You know, like we see like no Q tag for Hawkins. And we talked about this. Hawkinson without a Q tag is a different guy. And mm -hmm. it's nice to see Kittle with no Q tag, baby. Yep. I like it. Sorry, I'm so heartbroken thinking about what this offense could have been with Train Lance. Yeah. Yeah. This would have been a we could do an alt show of where we where we talk about this game first. <laughs> with Trey Lance at quarterback, that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, imagine uh, Trey Lance had like a slow start to the season, you know, was just getting his like 16, 17 fantasy points per game and came into this game at the Geno price or whatever, you know, and they got Christian McCaffrey. It would be, oh my God, we would, we would have to take out, you know, uh, uh, a loan to, to play some more Trey Lance teams. But really, don't, don't let, do, do, you got to play some Debo too. Okay, gotta yep. play some. Make sure you make sure I like no one's, make well. sure no one's fading Debo. You don't fade Debo, and you know you're gonna come on. Got to bring him back with some Debo, but right. I think maybe, maybe a little Debo more. Kittle is so good down the field, and this is gonna give him a chance to operate down the field more. Like I'm excited for what his A dot is gonna look like over the rest of the season with Christian McCaffrey eating up those short gadgety plays, at least more of them, and it frees up Debo to run real routes and just physically body cornerbacks in the same way that AJ Brown does. Oh, you Love think it. that McCaffrey actually may hurt Ayuk <laughs> because then it's going to move Samuel into the Ayuk route tree. And then it's going to kind of Ayuk will be on the outside looking in, in that like trio target tree. That's interesting. I that never thought of that. Yep. Mm hmm. That is definitely because Debo has kind of picked up that, like you like you said, that uh, not chain mover, right? But uh, Ayuk, they have very kind of 
distinct roles, right? In terms of yeah. levels, because Jimmy can only make so many throws. Oh, you know, he can't so throw outside bad. the numbers. Jimmy Garoppolo. He, Jimmy, if you had oh. like Jimmy Garoppolo and Russell Wilson, you just put them together, you'd have the best quarterback because you have yeah. Jimmy, like who can't throw outside, and then Russ who can't throw inside. But <laughs> and Russ is fundamentally sound. So yeah, I I don't even think. I mean, Ayuk should be listening to the show. Brandon Ayuk, if you're out there, you're <laughs> fucked. Yeah. You know, you are. Bye-bye. You don't know it yet. You know, you your agent told you the news, and you're fine with it because it's a running back, but you have no idea what this means. Dun-dun. That is, that is great. All right, one last game to, to, to hit here. I really like that game, though. But th- th- this last game is, is, is pretty fascinating as as well browns at at the ravens the browns I, w- I was trying to catch up on injury report and everything before i try to before we do this do this show the browns the browns defense thinks period but man they, they just cannot get healthy uh denzel ward out again Jadavian Clowney out again they're, they're just having some really serious defensive struggles right now and lamar jackson with a healthy rashad bateman and and what appears to be mark andrews playing i believe he said he's going to play is not a great recipe for uh, a defense that can't stop anybody. And and uh, we did uh, get note in the chat. Thank you. J.K. Dobbins is out. So that does open up maybe an interesting, uh, I don't know, Kenyon Drake in the year of our Lord 2022 feels oh, weird. But he, he had a big game last week. It just puts somebody else into play. Dario, what's what's kind of your favorite lean in? I assume it is Lamar Lamar stacks. But is it maybe a little more of a Bateman week than, a, than an Andrews week? Just talk talk us through this one. Yeah, I think I'm like so excited to play Bateman this week because you get all of the upside. At we we said this in week one, where oh, this is the cheapest Rashad Bateman will ever be. <laughs> Guys, he's cheaper now. He's down back down to fifty two hundred. He got hurt at just because he got at hurt. Least, yeah. Honestly, the Podfather so, curse is alive and well. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Rashad. Rashad, if you're out there, if you're listening, everything I said about Ayuk, but the opposite. You're gonna be great. <laughs> So yeah, I definitely would love to play a lot of Rashad Bateman this week. I'm not too worried about Mark Andrews. I think Lamar Jackson's going to keep targeting the crap out of the tight ends. And I, like you said, he'll play. And yeah, the Browns defense is just so banged up. I think you, you know, double stack Lamar, bring it back with Amari Cooper or DPJ. DPJ, and baby. And just like, DPJ. you know, take your money to the bank. I love I, I love a, uh, a, a, a I feel like we talk about this with the Ravens quite a bit but you remember when we did Ravens Dolphins I believe it was where it this is this is kind of the Kmart version of, of, of that the Browns are certainly not the Dolphins with Tyreek and Waddle and stuff but you have weapons on both sides that can blow up a game that can just you know by the archetype of a player that they are right like Tyreek Hill was like Jalen Waddle was like Lamar is and like Bateman is Andrews is not quite that but right Bateman Bateman had what uh the the one touchdown he had uh, in that game I think it was he burned Xavier Howard I believe it was mm-hmm. he was clocked at like the second fastest time uh, you know sprint speed in the NFL or whatever so you know we know that he can make big plays we know that Lamar can we know that DPJ can and we know that Nick Chubb can also make these these huge plays and i love those those games where it's like look this game doesn't project for the most plays or maybe not the most passing or whatever but when they hit they hit in such right lamar adr injury ravaged defenses yes we'd so like I, to get we'd like to get the browns up early and it's a divisional game these teams hate each other <laughs> like <laughs> they're gonna really want to like this is you sometimes you see a game where you can kind of tell 
that it just means more to the players than most of the other games. And this well, I mean, should... literally, they stole the team. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, literally, they packed up the team and stole it and moved it to Baltimore. That's the thing that happened. You were you hadn't been born yet, Dario. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I don't know. Back in the day, see what you have to understand is the Ravens. And I love the Ravens, by the way. The Ravens, incredible, uh, sort of aesthetic. Like I've been to more Ravens games than any other game. Like when when Ray Lewis was there, and the chink 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 chink, and like the way that that place would shake, and when they come out of the the tunnel, and I, I saw the greatest comeback ever in the history of football. Actually, Ravens Seahawks. Anthony Wright was the quarterback of the, oh of the Ravens. And they came back against Hasselbeck, and, and they 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 made up like a twenty five point lead. It was absolutely incredible. I love the. I just want by way of apology, the, what I'm about to say. I love the Ravens, but it's not the most ethical franchise. They stole their logo and they got sued over it. So the guy that drew their logo sued them because they 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 stiffed him on on his design fees. Who doesn't pay your designer for the logo? Who stiffs him. They had to, they, so he's like, I, you stole my logo and you didn't give me any credit and they stole the whole team. And I'm like, how are you surprised? They, this whole team is stolen. They packed the thing up in a semi truck and they moved it. That, that happened, Dario. That doesn't get talked about enough. Is there a 30 for 30 on this? I think there is. Well, there, there should also be a 30 for 30 on this game because if, if we're talking about un, unethical teams, the the Browns are playing right playing playing uh, right in line with uh, with the unethicalness uh, with the Deshaun Watson standing on the sidelines. Oh, but there I you think, go, there you go. So, yeah, so by the way, the one, one the player. Before, I, I don't want to. I started to interrupt you, but I don't want to forget. I'm going to forget if I have to say it right now. There is a running back who is interesting, who's very cheap, who's in this game, who I kind of like. Justice Hill and, is he back? Uh, yeah. And justice for all. <laughs> you think he's going to? So he full participant all week in in practice. He's Obviously, playing. it was Kenyon. It was Kenyon Drake when J.K. Dobbins. For those that didn't see J.K. Dobbins on the on the the what is it MetLife or whatever that has the notoriously horrible uh, field uh, locked up his knee. He, he hurt his knee, so he is out, and he missed most of last game as well. And Kenyon Drake took over, but Justice Hill was not active. And so Justice Hill was actually the guy, the second guy behind Dobbins um, before, and then he got hurt. And so do you think what what are you thinking, like in terms of maybe a, a split there, just kind of 50 50, a little bit more justice or how, how are you thinking about that, Matt? I don't know. All I know <laughs> is four point five K from a guy that catches passes and has explosiveness. This is our brand. This is why player profiler exists This is why we're on this network right now is to talk about guys like Justice Hill in these particular games. I'm telling yeah, you, and man. I think that there's a good chance that we see the chalk fall more toward Drake. And this is one of those situations of where the uncertainty yeah. can work in your favor. Like, just get a little bit of both in your lineups, but maybe lean heavier on Hill. And then... Yeah, this is no Kenneth Walker chalk situation. Yeah. This is the opposite. We talked about, like, yeah. you know... Yeah. Right, like good players and good situations with all purpose skill sets and great games. It's like, you know, this, 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 it's, it's difficult for a guy like that to fail. Do you realize how easy it is for Kenyon Drake not to deliver? 
He just needs to be Kenyon Drake. That's I mean, pretty, come pretty. on, people. If his ownership gets up there, I'm going to laugh. Especially with Hill active, I'm going to laugh. Yeah, I, I had totally not seen that Justice Hill was practicing. This kind of has me excited. I'm very curious to see where ownership starts starts to land because I do, I can't think of a much better leverage play than uh, than than Justice Hill if Kenyon Drake is is picking up some steam. I was just pulling up really quickly. Um, yeah, Cleveland is uh, old thirtieth in rush defense. D- DVOA and and certainly not getting getting any better and now you get right so that's great for Lamar it's great for for everything but I love a Lamar running back when he's in a good spot because of what Lamar does for Justice Hill right why did Kenyon Drake have that long touchdown last week it's not because Kenyon Drake I assure you of that it's because when you have Lamar back there drawing all the attention on the defense sometimes these holes just open up and then there's there's not right there isn't the umbrella like you mentioned with the Chargers the, the, the whole secondary is not standing 12 yards deep. They, they got to keep Lamar, right? You got to keep Lamar contained. Different, yeah, completely different attack. Yeah. Justice Hill just breaks through, you know, 60 yards to the house. Boom. Sl- you, you know what that's called, right? You know there's a name for that. The Alfred Morris Corollary. Oh, that's a great. I like, yeah. Yeah, the RG3 rookie season. Yes. Yeah. Or multiple Alfred seasons. Morris ran a 4-7, and he looked like the <laughs> fastest running back in the league. <laughs> <laughs> At times, it's like this guy was running for 5.5 yards a carry. How is this possible? Well, guess what? Someone's out here freezing linebackers, and it ain't Alfred Morris. <laughs> so what about Dario on the Brown side? Really like this Justice Hill conversation. Um, really like Rashad Bateman. And, of course, I'm not going to really say anything negative about Mark Andrews uh, on, on any given any given week. You can't. So that's straightforward. And, of course, we like Lamar Jackson. But on the Brown side, we talked about DPJ. There is Amari. David Njoku is uh, another tight end that I think that you can play. And, and, and Nick Chubb is not necessarily in the greatest spot, but is also going to be absolutely unowned at running back and has also that that home run hitting ability. Where do you kind of like to focus on the Browns here? I think that Amari Cooper is definitely a good starting point. We know that the Ravens secondary is still pretty banged up and hasn't shown much this year. I think that Kareem Hunt is a guy that I feel like I talk about every week. He's yeah. still getting his, like, I think he gets about a third of the backfield in terms of rushing attempts, and then he he gets more targets than Nick Chubb. In a, I think in a game script where, like, say this game does go nuclear and it's just like a 70 points between the two of them, I think Kareem Hunt is just as good of a bet to get multiple touchdowns as Nick Chubb, and he's you know, half the price in DFS. Mm-hmm. So I think that Kareem Hunt is someone I'm always, you know, sprinkling into any game that the Browns are in. So definitely he's someone that I think people shouldn't forget about that I think probably might go under the radar. Matt, is it DPJ week or or Amari Cooper? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a DPJ guy, but it's also, see, I like Cooper though, because that's another just, you're going to need, if you're, if you're, if we're pseudo fading, semi fading, whatever the word was, if we're micro fading, I think what it was micro. If we're <laughs> micro fading, CD Lamb, <laughs> Cooper is another alt, right? He's mm-hmm. another just another great pivot to get to to lessen your exposure on Lamb. So that's great, just fundamentally. But also DPJ is like four point one k on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean he's almost in the Khalif Raymond zone. 
So, and I think we'd all agree that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a better place to be. Uh, so also one thing to, one thing to keep in mind, this matchup, a lot of times, if we go back through time, all the times we've ever talked about this matchup, a lot of, I would say 50% at least, or more the time we talk about this matchup, there's weather involved. Mm. This is almost always some kind of weather game. And it's going to be 68 and seven miles per hour winds in Baltimore on Sunday. So just a reminder that yes, it's supposed to rain a little bit, like a 30% chance of rain, big deal. There's no wind. It's going to be great playing conditions, great football weather conditions. And so get exposure to this game when you can, because the next time they play, we all know it's going to be this big weather debate. Yeah. This just feels a lot like that Ravens dolphins game in week two, where the, the game total was low. We thought both offenses weren't going to play that fast. And there's just so many playmakers on both sides of the ball. The defenses are banged up that it could go nuclear out of left field like this. You know, we talked about people not really being on the Niners and Chiefs game. People are even less so on this Ravens and Browns game. And I think that it's, you know, still got a very good chance to shoot out in a big way for fantasy. Definitely. So, to to wrap, I'm trying to to make sure and bring back where your our one, you know, doesn't have to be a bold call. I don't even really care. It could be CD Lamb for all I care. If CD is the best play, CD is the best play. What is the one thing? Start with Dario that you need to have. Like, what's your conviction tournament play of you know could be a game, could be a a, a skinny stack or an individual player. What's what's the one tournament play everybody needs needs in their lineups? I think for me, it's. Uh, it's a tie between Mike Williams and T Higgins Mm. T Higgins, the leverage that you're getting there because people are still scared off of that goose egg from Sunday night, a couple of weeks ago, prime time, you know, I understand the fear, but he comes back with a 10 target game. He's in a great matchup. And then Mike Williams, another guy, great leverage, absolutely been a target monster so far this year. We, you know, I think that he's going to be in a good spot regardless of whether or not Keenan Allen plays, but especially if Keenan Allen does play and ownership is even lighter on Mike Williams, he's still going to get deep targets. He's still Justin Herbert's guy down the field, and we love that game script for them against the Seahawks. So I think those two receivers get that high upside at low ownership in these great spots. Yeah, I think that the the Keystone game is the first game we talked about, Chargers-Seahawks. That's the one where you're going to want the most exposure. You're going to have the most stacks because you have both Geno and Herbert. Whereas these other games, you only have one usable quarterback. You got Dak, might be our favorite quarterback of the week. Then you've got, Bur- you got Burrow, you've got uh, Lamar, as we talked about, and you got Mahomes. And then you're going to get those two quarterbacks from uh, from from that big game. And then that game also has all those skinny stacking combinations. So if there is a game that's going to show up in almost every one of your lineups, it's going to be that game. So you could all, building around that game as the middle of the bridge that, that spans the whole slate. I think that is the, the overarching uh, sort of stack fest strategy that we would, we would put out there. Um, and I am just uh, have no hesitations whatsoever about um, plowing a bunch of DAC stacks in the portfolio this week. I love, I love that piggybacking on literally both of 
uh, uh, what you both both said. I'm sticking with our the RB RB play. Ken Walker's jamming it down the throats of uh, the Chargers. You know, umbrella run defense, and Austin Eckler is a uh, you know the the, the first RB1. ever. In, in fantasy, ever RB RB skinny stack, we, we're making history every week, baby. And then, and then on the DAC, on your 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 DAC point, nothing negative to say about CD Lamb, but it's Michael Gallup week. Your, your Michael Gallup is the Cowboys guy to have. So your RB RB skinny stack in our favorite game with Michael Gallup in your DAC stacks. That'll do it for us. Yeah! Week week seven, ton of fun. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will of course be back in. In, in week eight. So we will see you guys in uh, just, just one more week. See ya.